Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so grateful you are here, especially because today's conversation is sure to be a good one. I have Claire here, and I'm going to let her introduce herself (laughs) and kind of tell you a little bit about what she does and her specialty, because I'm just so grateful I found her myself. So Claire, can you take a second and introduce yourself to our listeners um, and let them know who you are and what you do? So hi, my name is Claire Tansy. Um, So I'm a cookbook author and a food expert in general. I have two best-selling cookbooks and I run a virtual cooking school. So we cook along together virtually over the airwaves and I teach adults and kids how to cook. And this is coming at the end of, I don't know, 25 years in the restaurant and food and magazine and journalism industry. Um, So I've spent basically my whole career uh, cooking, eating and telling people about it. And most importantly, I am a working mom. I have a can't believe it. He's already 10 years old, son, um, and um, I have a dog, and I live in Canada. So that's pretty much All me. Right. Yeah. Our neighbors to the north. I know. We. I feel like I attract a lot of Canadians. <laughs> my uh, my husband's yeah. My husband's best friend lives in Canada. This is so off the tangent, but um, they grew up together. And his he married a registered dietitian just like me, which is so crazy. So they kind of like they're kind of those types of friends where they're best friends, and we're like best mans at each other's weddings and stuff. But then they like just will go long spans without talking, you know, men. And then they yeah. come back together and they're like, oh, you married a registered dietitian? I married a registered dietitian. Oh, you're a software engineer? I'm a software engineer. Like their lives are mirroring each other. It's pretty cool. But anyways, that's a side note. But Claire, I'm so grateful we have met and I've got to know you and your work. Um, I'm so grateful for people like you who know how to cook, mm-hmm. how to teach us to be better cooks, but also not make it harder. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like this is a skill that I feel like everyone should learned like I took home ec in um gosh it was like eighth grade and Mm -hmm. they kind of taught us a little bit about how to cook and even being a registered dietitian you'd think that they would like emphasize a little bit of cooking Mm -hmm. we have like food science and that's Mm -hmm. as far as we go Mm -hmm. um but I really truly feel like cooking is one of those skills that unfortunately is kind of Maybe it's coming. Maybe it's a resurgence because I have seen it on like TikTok and Instagram and stuff (laughs) pick up um, steam. But it feels like you either love it or hate it. And then that's like how it is for the rest of your life where really cooking can be such a tool in your life. So Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how how you fell in love with cooking Mm -hmm. and doing what you do? Because I know you are really intentional about making it approachable Mm -hmm. and simple and um, easier for moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I fell in love with cooking because I grew up in a family that loved to eat and loved to cook. Um, mostly love, love to eat. Uh, you know, we're yep. famous for kind of sitting around the dinner table. Uh, we just did it last night, sitting around the dinner table, having an amazing meal, and then talking about another great meal that we've had or what great meal we're going to have yeah. tomorrow. So, yeah, <laughs> like every meal is a celebration. Every celebration is a meal. Um, and it yeah. actually took me a long time, you know, in, not in geological terms, but in kind of angsty teen terms to figure out that I could turn to cooking as my life's work because it's yeah. just so much a part of who I am. I just never knew a life without cooking. 
So right. finally I was like, oh, I thought, after I graduated college, I thought, oh, I could actually become a chef. Like that's a job. I mean, this was in the nineties. Yeah. It, it was not a, a cool job yet. Um, uh-huh. But it, then it sort of, it, it, it sort of developed from there. So I, I did work in the restaurant business and then I really wanted to focus more on um, like the writing aspect of it, the research aspect of it. R- restaurant work is tough, right? I mean, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. however you slice it. It's not an easy life, um, especially for a woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, so that's when I started getting into like more writing and journalism. And um, I gradually became uh, aware that my sweet spot is really home cooking. Restaurant cooking is fun. Mm-hmm. It's flashy. It's great on occasion. But what really revs my engine is that regular Tuesday night dinner, um, you know, and having that dinner with the people you love uh, or maybe just the people who are in your house. I don't know how you, maybe you don't love them tonight. <laughs> yeah. But having that regular dinner um, and how to make that easier. So when I wrote my first cookbook, my first cookbook is called Uncomplicated. And that is exactly mm-hmm. what I want my recipes to be because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to come home from work or just to have people screaming that they want their dinner and you have no ideas and you don't have any time and you didn't do any shopping and you certainly do not have time to like get elaborate or fancy. But yes, you st- it's like you're in all of our brains right now. That right. Is, I feel like all of us are thinking that like, yep, that's exactly that's what my house looks like. <laughs> but but the, the, at the same time, you know that sitting down to dinner with your family is one of the best things you can do for yourself and for them. So I'm about mm-hmm. making that path between wanting to do it and uh, get being like feeling like you're stuck. You got all these roadblocks, smoothing that path out. Um, and that's the whole yeah. philosophy of Uncomplicated. And then my second book, Dinner Uncomplicated, which is just dinners, no desserts, no breakfast, just dinner, because truly that is where we struggle the most. I mean, anybody can probably throw cereal in a bowl or, you know, a turkey sandwich mm-hmm. on a plate. But when it comes to dinner, we need help. We all need help. I need help, too. And so, yeah, uncomplicated yes. recipes. And there. you're exhausted and everyone's hungry and everyone's cranky. And with picky eating specifically, this is typically the hardest meal for picky eaters, too. So then you have yeah. this whole other level with, you know, parents I work with of like, well, I'm exhausted and I know they're not going to eat that. And I know they're not going to eat that. And you have a list of things they're not going to eat. And yet you're like, but what do I serve? And I think the name of your cookbooks are so appealing to moms <laughs> and dads like me, just like, oh, uncomplicated. Yes, please. And I do think there's some sense. And I think this is true of every every profession, not obviously not just chefs, but I think everyone likes to complicate things mm-hmm. sometimes like, oh, make themselves more like needed or mm-hmm. desired or um, uh, like looked up at. Right. And I do think that you're exactly right. My husband and I are foodies. We absolutely love the food here in Denver, go to like some of the best restaurants. We just love it. And there is some flashiness mm-hmm. to it and some, and I'm also the type of person that when I go out to eat, I want to order something I can't make oh, at home. Definitely. Like don't, don't feed me something Uh that I can just make Uh at home probably better and cheaper. I want something fancy, Uh right? And so I love that you kind of take this idea of how can we make meals at home uncomplicated and more approachable and also really value that family time that we get or even with friends or loved ones. Um, You know, when we invite people over, I'm a big hostess. I love hosting people at my house and I love cooking for them or I'm from the Midwest, so we're big potluckers, right? So everyone brings like their own side dish and I actually think that's really beautiful. You like to feel a part of something. So there's so much wrapped up in food. Um, So we could get carried away with that conversation (laughs) for sure. But let's talk about some of your best tips and we'll get to some of the kids stuff Mm -hmm. later, but let's start with some of your best tips for moms and dads right now that are listening going, 
oh my gosh, how do I uncomplicate it? What a beautiful word. I want that. I mean, what are some of the first steps they can do? Step one is to lower your expectations, which sounds like a Mm. total like, oh, geez, Claire. But truly, you know, I grew up with uh, a dinner that would be meat, veg, potatoes, right? And it would, and dinner was like, it it was a thing. And one of the things that I love to hear my students say to me, and I say, I hear this all the time, oh, yeah, grilled cheese sandwiches can be dinner. It's actually not as much about the food as we think. So lower your expectations. Mm. Yeah, a grilled cheese sandwich is a terrific dinner if you're all sitting around the table and sharing it together. So that's absolutely, um, I think that's a game changer. Um, My second big tip is, uh, and I know it's going to make people mad, but you got to, you got to plan somehow. You got to have a meal plan of some (laughs) kind. And like, I actually have my classes, but I teach five different ways to meal plan because there isn't just one way that's going to suit you. And honestly, 90% of my students say I've tried meal planning before and it hasn't worked. Why? Um, It's probably just because you're using a system that doesn't work for you. But if you can get that tiny bit of a system in place. For example, my my meal planning type, I'm called the semi or the semi. And that means that I've only planned three meals a week and I can have them any night of the week that I want so that I don't feel like I'm being restricted. (laughs) I don't feel like I'm uh, having to spend a whole Sunday prepping. Um, And yet just even having three meals planned for the week and having those groceries in the house is like it just lifts the burden of stress from your shoulders it is incredibly liberating Um, and then on the off nights when I'm not cooking those particular meals I lean on what I like to call back pocket dinners that stuff that I can make on the fly from what's in my pantry Um, and so it's that really really helps having that little bit of a plan and then of course always having back pocket dinners we can talk more about that in a minute yeah but those are really the two main things and then I always say that it's it, if you can do something, it's better than nothing when it comes to planning. Just get even one meal, throw it in there. Um, and then also, yes. you know, you just, and I'm, you talk about this too, like just making that family dinner a priority, you know, um, even if it's at 4.30 in the afternoon, even if it's seven o'clock at night, like finding, and guys, it doesn't have to be an hour. It's 20 minutes. Yeah, um, right. Sit down so that you're together. Every All the stakeholders in your family, I like to call them, mm-hmm. you're sitting at the same yeah. table. Uh, I mean, it's the single strongest, regular family dinner is the single strongest predictor of our kids' success academically, behaviorally, emotionally. And for us as parents, when we can nourish ourselves and nourish the people we love, I got to tell you, there is a like superpower (laughs) that you feel you see, like you've got stars coming out of your eyes because it is really extraordinary, even if it's just a grilled cheese sandwich. I want to take a quick second and remind you of my free picky eating guide. If you haven't downloaded this guide yet, take a second and click the link in the show notes below and download your copy today. It's eight pages long and you'll learn the five pillars of parenting a picky eater that not only make this podcast make way more sense, but it'll also help you jumpstart a more peaceful experience at the table. The best part is it's absolutely free and will be delivered directly to your inbox. All right, now back to the show. 
man, you are on, we are on the same page. I feel the exact same way. And it's so funny. I think people are surprised as a dietitian when I tell them, I, I literally do not care what's on the plate. The research, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they're eating. It really matters that you're together. So I always explain a family meal is one parent and one kid. Mm-hmm. More than that, whatever you have in your house, like stick, stakeholders, I love that, is incredible. If you can get everyone there at the same time, amazing. <laughs> but even just one parent and one kid, especially, you know, single moms out there, single dads out yeah. there, um, even just like... It, off shifts, you know, late night shifts or whatever with sometimes with parents. So I know it can feel really overwhelming, but you're exactly right. It's 20 minutes. It really doesn't matter what's on the plate. Of course, as a dietitian, I care about your nutrition, but the research really does support that. And it's everything. It's financial health later in life. It's mental health. It's physical health, all these things. It's so wild, but it's so, it can be, it gets to be simple. And I think so many times we tend to make it up this thing. I actually have a podcast episode. If you guys scroll back, I have a rant about Pinterest. I love Pinterest, (laughs) but I think the, uh, the like, era of Pinterest has ruined us to like, we have to make a new meal every day and it has to have 15 ingredients. Oh, and what about our lunches that we pack for our children in our school lunches? Oh my goodness. Mean, those aren't perfect. Truly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Truly beautiful and colorful yeah. and different yeah. shapes, right? And it, I mean, a lot of that comes from my own, you know, uh, career mm-hmm. path and my own people and people who I'm, who I love. But I loved how you, you kind of sprinkled this in here is like the type of meal planner you mm-hmm. are, because you know, I, I came to that kind of conclusion myself. I've never put those kind of words to it, but I tried so many different systems mm-hmm. that absolutely did not work. This one woman who I absolutely love her systems for everything else is like, you have to plan a month at a time. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, let me try. I hate a month at a time. I am a week mm-hmm. at a time uh, max. Right. But everyone's different. So that really yeah. works for her. It feels like a mental release for her as for me, it's a mental load. Yeah. It like adds the pressure and then I'm behind and then I have to catch up and then I'm off. So we might as well eat out because what does it matter anymore? Right. Exactly. (laughs) So I love that you kind of talked about that type that really resonates with you and finding that trial and error. And two, you kind of put in this question too, that they ask you, I always encourage people to ask themselves, why isn't this Uh working? Where's the Uh breakdown, right? I'm buying, for me, it was, I'm buying too much inventory. Uh I was buying too many groceries in my home and was getting overwhelmed. Things were going bad. I was feeling guilty. And I would just say, screw it, shut the fridge and go take, do takeout. It's like so counterintuitive. Completely. I was buying too much. But I get that 100%. And in fact, uh, when I, uh, when I teach, one of the first things I do in one of my big classes is we actually clean out our fridge, freezer and pantry. And then I give all the students a shopping list for, which is what they're going to need for the entire Mm -hmm. week. Week. and to a person they'll say where's the second page and I'll say it's it you actually need a lot <laughs> yes. less than you think especially if you're Truly. doing something like using half the broccoli tonight and half the broccoli tomorrow night if you're using right. a dozen eggs so if you're maximizing your kind of usage I mean I I think that's level two I like I said something is better than nothing if you can throw yeah. in a couple of ideas whether it's on a piece of paper or a whiteboard um For me, it's that moment. It's two o'clock in the afternoon for the most part. And the kind of thought will cross my mind, what's for dinner? And if I know that I have something Uh planned, like I smile, I just smile. And I just feel like the weight is off my shoulders. And if it's not, if I don't have that idea, then it's, what do we have? What will they eat? What do I, what can I buy quickly? What can I make quickly? Oh, we've got football to go to. Oh, like, and then you're just in a spiral. It's a spiral for the rest of the afternoon. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 
Totally. Well, and you mentioned these ideas of kind of back pocket dinner. So I'd love for you to expand on what those are. I know you have a little gift for our listeners today, too, around that. Um, For me, I think I think it's similar. I call them uh, it's maybe not appropriate for kids ears, but I say um, stupid, simple (laughs) meals, like truly just like I mean, for for our family, it can be something like grilled cheese, scrambled eggs, things. I don't have to look up the recipe. I don't have to remember. I don't have to guess if I have the ingredients. It's there. Um, So maybe can you talk a little bit about your kind of back pocket dinners. I love that name yeah. for it. It's better than mine. Yeah. So I don't want my kids repeating mine. Yeah, so. well, you know, <laughs> back pocket dinner. Everybody, you get you yeah. get it, right? Like it's something you've always caught yes. in your back pocket. So I, I base the back pocket dinners. I actually teach a new one every month because I'm, I think we can never have uh, enough. Um, and it's, it's the meals that you make from the long lasting staples that you can keep on hand mm. um, or those things that you just automatically buy every week. For example, dozen eggs, yeah. uh, block of cheese, right. milk. Uh, um, something like that. And then uh, stuff that you keep in the pantry. So um, canned tuna, um, pasta, uh, canned beans, mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things. So how can you take some of those? I have all those things <clears throat> right now. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, And we're going out of town tomorrow. So that's really impressive. I have all those things and we're leaving, going out of town. So if you can take four eggs and um, one of my most popular back pocket dinners is called Cheesy Dutch Baby. And it's four eggs and two thirds of a cup of grated cheese, two thirds of a cup of milk, um, and uh, a little bit of flour. And you cook that up and you put it in a cast iron frying pan, you put it in the oven and it puffs up into this unbelievable, puffy, fabulous. That's awesome. And let me tell you, it's satisfying. Uh, it's healthy yeah. in every way, like you say, healthy, financially healthy, mentally healthy, physically. Yeah. Um, everybody loves it. I find my son actually just likes to stand in front of the oven door and watch it cook. That's how much he loves it. Oh, that's awesome. It's an activity. Exactly. Right? exactly. <laughs> like watching TV. It's oven TV. Um, yes. So just just knowing that you can, if you have four eggs, and I've always got four eggs in the fridge, or if not, my neighbor has yeah. four eggs. So I'm just knowing that I can make cheesy Dutch baby or another one of my favorites is like garlic spaghetti so you know pasta butter Mm. and a bit of garlic and people will say to me oh but you know that's not a full dinner I'll say remember before I said to lower your expectations and like you're good and also like hey there's tons of protein in pasta and I gotta say if you can get dinner on the table in 15 minutes that's Mm -hmm. the healthiest thing you can do um, yeah, yeah, so that's what I like to to teach the most. It's like, okay, can I make something out of essentially nothing? Um, and yeah, yes. so they're either egg based or they're like canned bean based. Um, mm-hmm. And because I really like to lean on proteins that you that you don't have to thaw, right? It's not, oh, I forgot to take right. the chicken out of the freezer, or oh, I've got this, you know, pound of beef. <laughs> yes. We've all done that, but you still yes. want like a nice, satisfying meal. So yeah, canned tuna, canned beans, eggs, cheese, all those good things. Oh, that's so wonderful. And I like uh, the cheesy Dutch baby. I'm going to have to try that. Mm. It kind of like elevates it a little, right? Because yeah. uh, mine are always like scrambled eggs every yeah. time. And so, I mean, and I, I teach as part of like picky eating, right? Is we don't want to keep serving the same things over mm-hmm. and over again. We want to just vary it a little. So it's the same, very similar ingredients at least, but kind of changed a little bit. So sometimes I'll do like cheesy scrambled eggs or I'll put a scallions, yeah. some scallions in there or something. Yeah. But to make it into like a uh, I've done a Dutch pancake, which sounds like that's yeah. what it is. It's like a savory mm. kind of Dutch mm-hmm. pancake almost. Um, it's so smart. It's so smart and so helpful. And um, I'd love for you to share. So you have something for our mm-hmm. listeners today, right? For back pocket yes. dinners. Can you share I do. them what that is? Uh, hang on, Alyssa, hang on. I just lost it. Oh, you're good. <laughs> hold on. No worries. Hold on. 
Well, and I'll, I'll tell them too while you're looking for it um, that I'm going to have it linked up in the description box below so they can um, go ahead and head to that link to grab it for themselves. Awesome. Of course, now I've completely lost it. Um, I'm going to find it, it. I'm going to find it another way. You know, you can always find it in, in various different ways, right? In your, uh, yes. <laughs> in your uh... technology is a curse and a blessing. <laughs> it is. It is. You can figure it out. But man, sometimes when it turns on you, it really does turn. <laughs> Okay. Um, All right. Here it is. Now I have found it. And uh, this makes it sound like I don't know what my recipes are, but I will tell you that because like I said, we, um, I teach a new one every month and, uh, and you know, that that's a really, that means I've got a lot of them. Um, okay. So what we have in the uh, back pocket dinners category is we have, okay. So this is one that I developed, um, I just sort of saw it on Pinterest. Hey, hey, Pinterest. Um, I know. Because it's called Untuna. Have you heard of Untuna? It's made with chickpeas instead of tuna. Yes. Yes, I've made chickpea salad kind of. Yeah, so that is a really super fun one. Um, And it's, uh, what I love about it is it tastes just like tuna, right? Like, great, Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, it really is. But it's completely vegan if you use vegan mayonnaise. Um, Mm, and mm -hmm. I love that you can just, it's truly just a can of chickpeas and a little bit of minced celery and a little bit of minced, uh, carrot and it comes together and it's just fantastic. Put in a pita bread, put it on a salad. All great. Um, okay. So that's number one. Number two, I already mentioned garlic spaghetti. So that is Mm -hmm. what I call the original, uh, back pocket dinner for me. That was what my mom would always make us. Like if, you know, when I had a job when I was a teenager and my mom would be like, you're not leaving here without something to eat. She would always make um, garlic spaghetti. So it's very, very simple. You boil the pasta, a little bit of butter, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of olive oil, Parmesan, if you've got it, fantastic. Um, and then steeping. That sounds like our version of butter noodles. Exactly. We do a lot of butter oh, yeah. and, noodles. And by the way, butter noodles. Italian seasoning. So good, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, sticking with the pasta, I love uh, a stovetop mac and cheese. So I developed this because mm. I was trying to mimic... Uh, Kraft mac and cheese without, mm-hmm. oh, wow. you know, without the, without all the orange cheese. cheese. But I'm like, I want it in one pot. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have to make the butter and a flour mixture, yes. right? Like, I, so. And all the moms said amen. Exactly. Yes, and <laughs> in fact, I developed this when my son was little because it's easy mm-hmm. to make a little bit or a whole huge ton of it, right? So, you know, yeah. when you're just, when they're little and you're like, I don't know, he, he liked it yesterday. Who knows what, <laughs> what he'll think Truly. about it today. Um, yep. And that's just macaroni and some heavy cream and cheese. And it is all done in one yeah. pot. It's three ingredients. It's so good. I just taught this last Love week. It. I teach uh, I teach uh, 11 to 14-year-olds to cook as well. And oh, I just taught them fun. how to make this. And man, oh, man, they love it so much. And they, gosh, and it's it's really that yes. easy. It's absolutely that easy. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. And then two more. It doesn't, it doesn't end there. Um, I also do, um, I make salmon cakes out of tinned salmon. So oh, great. I, I hated canned salmon when I was a kid. Just like, yeah. it, like it just turned my stomach. Then I started making it into little croquettes. So just some breadcrumbs, mm. a bit of chopped onion, if you got it, a bit of spices, some spices from the cupboard. Um, and then you fry them in a frying pan. They're so good. They're so good. And we yes. all know that like we should all be eating more fish, right? But I find it really hard, especially if you're not going to go Those breadcrumbs can really do some wonders for picky they, eaters, like especially if your picky eater likes crunchy yes. kind of foods, fried foods, like they're chicken nugget fans, right? Which a lot of them of are. Things like this, adding the breadcrumbs even a little more than maybe the recipe calls for sometimes, uh-huh. making it nice and crunchy um, can be a great way to introduce. And also I've noticed too with picky eaters, 
typically speaking, smaller. So I don't know what your mm-hmm. recipe looks like, but, uh, you know, even more like dollar coin size mm-hmm. instead of like a bigger cake yeah, so it's size not overwhelming to them. them. Definitely. Yes, right. And it doesn't fall apart, yeah. you know. And that, that recipe has actually been, a, it's been a gateway recipe for a lot of people of all ages on yeah, salmon. I believe it. Um, on canned salmon so it's um it's really tasty I really I love that one so much um and then the final one which is I think such a hit with kids it's french toast and um so you make I make make classic french toast but then I add uh, a little bit of cheese on top um just to kind of make it a bit savory and a bit interesting and then because I always have a couple of apples rolling around at the back of my crisper don't even peel them Mm -hmm. just chop them up and saute them in the same pan and then you have French toast with cheese and apples. And so it's like this wow. totally elevated, still that delicious, is. but the kids love it. Um, and it's so yeah. delicious. It's oh, a I fantastic breakfast that. for dinner. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to download your back to- back pocket ticket. Oh my gosh. I can't even say it. Back pocket. I was going to back ticket. Back pocket uh, meals and dinners. I'm going to download that too and try out some of those recipes because awesome. those sound really interesting. I've never done cheese with French toast. I'm excited oh, to try that. Okay. So um, you guys are so kind of Claire to offer this to you guys. So you can click the link in the notes below to grab that. Um, and that's really exciting. And you did mention something here. I, I'm going to kind of turn our conversation that direction about your kids mm-hmm. camp and teaching kids how to cook. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons not only your incredible work with uncomplicating dinner, but also in your passion for teaching kids uh-huh. these skills, like we talked about at the beginning of uh-huh. the of the um, podcast episode. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your experience there, um, and then maybe we can get into some tips of what they can start working with their yes. kids on today. So when it, it all kicked off in the pandemic, um, when mm-hmm. the kids had no camps to go to, right, or anything. Yeah. So I thought, well, what if I and like, what if I taught some kids to cook virtually online? So I, I as I worked it out, I thought. I need the kids to not need parental supervision because I like that Mm. was the last thing I needed to do with my son in the pandemic was to supervise him while he was online. Right. I needed somebody (laughs) else. So I thought, okay, watch him watch the computer. Yes. Right. Um, And so that's why the classes that I teach for kids, they're really for tweens. So it's 11 to 14 years old, which I actually Mm -hmm. think is the sweet spot for kids to learn how to cook. Great for them to feel comfortable in the kitchen leading up to that. Absolutely. But at age 11 and then up until 14, um, the tweens, they are, so they're craving independence. They're trying to figure out who they are and Mm. they want to do things by themselves. But at the same time, we're not giving them the keys to the car, right? Like they're right. So truly. So for them to be able to learn to cook is something they can do in the comfort of their own homes, you know, and they're learning on their own uh, stoves, they're learning with their own measuring um, spoons and everything. And many of them, most of them actually have zero, like they've never cracked an egg before. They come in with absolutely zero experience. Wow. And instead of doing something just like, you know, baking, which is super fun, we love it. It's great for kids. We actually make dinner. And so it's five days, uh, an hour and a half each day, and we make dinner. And we make tacos wow. and we make, like I said, mac and cheese. We do cheesy Dutch baby. We make fajitas. Uh, and usually on most days we make a dessert too. Yes. So we make brownies and chocolate chip cookies and homemade ice cream. And it is it is my new favorite thing to do because that age group is so amazing. They're, you know, it's like they still listen to adults. That's important, super important, uh-huh, right? right. Like they still listen to adults, but they all, all have these amazing, strong personalities um, mm-hmm. so it, it, they're just my favorite. So we, we have a great time. We all log on together at like 1130 Eastern time. 
Um, uh-huh. And we, so, some people treat it like a lunch, like we're making lunch for their family. Other people, you can reheat it and have it for your dinner. Um, and in 90 minutes, we, I teach them how to cook. I teach them uh, how to chop, how to be safe. We talk about how to wash up. And then this is where the, this is where the secret work comes in. I'm also, they're also learning so many other great things, uh, you know, time management, um, uh, right planning, um, uh, fostering a positive relationship with food, because of course I mm-hmm. never talk about like toxic food or you can't eat any of this or, oh, a moment on the lips, yeah. a lifetime, never, never, <laughs> never. It's all about, and I think it's also 11 to 14, also a super sensitive time. Um, so I love yeah. to be able to show them that food is good and it's delicious and, and also how creative and fun it can be. Yeah. And honestly, like I, it, I just love it so much. And I then every day I get the best emails from parents. I got an email the other Aww. the other day. Her child, a picky eater, had never eaten yeah. eggs or tomatoes before. On the very first day, we made breakfast sandwiches. And she said, Claire, not only did he eat the whole sandwich himself, but he insisted on making them for his dad and me afterwards. And he was Aww. so proud of himself. And that is where it really oh. comes together because you know this with picky eaters, it's so important to get them involved in the process in some way. Right? Yes. But when they yep. can also feel independent about it, that is where the confidence really comes through. I want to hop in real quick and take a second to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dino Bars. Dino Bars are all organic fruit and vegetable bars that are wrapped in edible paper. Yes, you heard me right, edible paper made from potato starch. And what that means for you is that you can get all the benefits that come with a fruit and veggie forward bar without the mess. Insert praise hands here. But seriously, I was really skeptical about these bars. I thought they were going to be another kind of sticky, gooey mess that my littlest ones had trouble chewing. They're not like that at all. The kids love them, but I love them too. Not only because they taste delicious, but they have simple, balanced ingredients that make for a great option for nutrition on the go. Click the link in the description box below and use code Alyssa10, that's A-L-Y-S-S-A, the number 10, for 10% off. And don't you dare get a pack without my absolute favorite flavor, purple sweet potato raspberry. Okay, now back to the show. Yeah. Oh, that was a lot. Absolutely. I have lots to say I love about that it. so much. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really passionate about, you know, obviously getting kids in the kitchen and, and with pick eating. It's one of my top tips that I talk mm-hmm. about all the time, you know, get them more and more involved. So I just absolutely love that you are absolutely taking that to the next level in that next stage, right? Typically the parents I talk to have younger kids yeah. or they span several <laughs> age groups, right? And so, um, but they're growing, yeah. you know, every yep. day they're getting older. Yep. And a lot of people ask me, okay, what happens if my, if my kid's out of that age, what happens then? You know, those sorts of things. And I tell them, I'm saying, well, you know, it's a little scary, but you start Start to give them a little more control. Yeah. They're in charge one night a week. You know, they yep. get to choose what's on the menu. They go to the grocery store, help you pick stuff out, uh, make the menu, help cook the food, and eventually start cooking the food on their yeah. own. And honestly, how much better off? I think we can all take a second and think mm-hmm. how much better off our like entry into adulthood would have been if we had some skills under our belt of actually being able to cook food. Uh. I, can, I know. I, I look back. I I'm like, we. I got married young. I was 21, so pretty young. And I 
was like, oh yeah, I'll learn how to cook then. Mm-hmm. I'll learn how to cook. Um, it, no, it was very stressful. Mm-hmm. It was very stressful. Mm-hmm. We spent so much money eating out, um, you know, eating pizza after my failed <laughs> cooking attempt, <laughs> you know, and we were just trying to figure it out. Who's going to be the cook? Yeah. Who's going to go grocery shopping? Who's going to plan this all out? Uh, a lot of it fell to me and we had to have a lot of conversations around it, of course, but I did enjoy it more. I still do. Um, and I tend to get a little less stress in the kitchen. And now my husband's really stepping into it that he likes it mm-hmm. even more, especially now being pregnant. I was really nauseous. Mm-hmm. Couldn't cook for anybody uh-huh. for the first trimester. And, you know, he's like, why isn't, why, why weren't I, mm-hmm. why wasn't I taught this as a kid? Uh-huh. You know, like this should be a skill we should be honing for our entire life. Yeah. And um, I just completely agree with that and think it's so beautiful. The, the pride you see on kids' faces uh-huh. when they've helped with something, let alone cook it themselves, uh-huh. which is what you teach uh-huh. them to do, is incredible. They just feel so secure in yeah. who they are, their, their role in the family. Yeah. And when they have that type of confidence, it's easier to take risks, right? And so with picky eaters, I talk about this a lot, but when they feel safe and secure in who they are, who's around them, who's supporting them, what's going on, it's easier for them to take a risk. So a lot of times it is demystifying the food. Mm -hmm. Where is this food coming from? What does this food look like before it's cooked, Mm -hmm. after it's cooked? What spices are going into it? Where does it come from? Like, yes, growing it in your garden, going to a farm, Mm -hmm. learning about it just on the internet can be so helpful in getting them more comfortable with these foods actually going into their body, which a lot of parents are like, come on, just eat the broccoli. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, our body is very precious to us, right? Like they're actually protecting themselves going, I don't know what that is. You just set this green thing in front of me. You just want me to eat it. It's a big motive of trust, right? I like to say that we are all the product of successful picky eaters. Like if you think about evolution, yes. you know, it's yes. around the time that we are be able to walk off on our own, like two and a half, three, yes. that's when we could be potentially eating berries that are poisonous Truly. or whatever. And so it's actually super smart for us to become picky eaters. It's just that as parents, yes. sometimes we screwed up by like adding too much pressure. I've been there too. Listen, and it, it took me a long time to learn. Oh too. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. but definitely once they, and it can be so frustrating, oh, right? Cause we know gosh. we're like, oh, well we know, but you forget that you have 30 years of experience, yeah. you know, it's like, well, you've had a grape, you know, 10,000 <laughs> times or whatever. Yes. So it's, it's a whole reminder. And I, I do that too, where I kind of flip that a lot of times in my classes of all of a sudden, Hey, we actually kind of need to thank picky eating. Uh-huh. Cause it's likely saved uh-huh. either our kids' lives or like you said, uh, past generations to get us to where we are today, which is hard for us to do, right? Flip that into a gratitude, but also helping your, having your kids help in the kitchen can be such an incredible Uh experience. Also as a busy mom, as a, as a mom who prefers things cleaned up, it's also very stressful, right? You're like, you're making such a mess. You just touched that raw egg and now you're going to lick your fingers. Stop, right? Like you stress. And I get that way too. I've found a few ways to mitigate it. But again, it's a lot about releasing control and realizing that this is what they need to get over some of that pickiness and um, giving them back kind of the ball in their court and letting them make a mess, letting them experience that too. And I, in our family, we have like a golden rule that is we clean up the messes we Uh make. And so a lot of times as parents, we think they do the the thing and then we have to clean up after them. And I make them clean up yeah. too because you know what? It teaches them to be cleaner works uh-huh. the workers uh-huh. in the kitchen, right? Over time. So um, I would love it if, if you have any tips. I know you typically kind of focus on tweens and you can give us a few of those uh-huh. tips as well. But for younger children, do you have any tips for how to help um, get them started in the kitchen, especially if we're a little bit like Alyssa over here, a little bit nervous to make that big mess or kind of yeah. jump all in to cracking eggs and yeah. touching raw chicken. Yeah. As always, I say that the overriding rule is say yes to the mess because it's just, mm. it's going to be messy. 
and life is yeah. messy. And you know, if the worst thing that happens is you have to teach them how to run the vacuum because they poured flour all over <laughs> yeah. the floor, that's not the end of the world. Um, so that's Correct. a good yes. skill as well. I do generally say don't don't bring your kids into the kitchen when it's a busy weeknight. Like you're already yes. stressed. So that's yep. why, you know, weekend brunches, classic, uh, take your time. Yes. It's fine. Right. So the, the time to, to teach is not the time when you're stressed yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and the ultimate goal should always be, and I know you're going to back this up. It should be a positive experience for everybody because right. that's going to make you want to do it again. So if they come in and help you cut one banana, and then leave. Yep. Great. No problem. Yes. Um, so making that a really positive experience. Now, I my son's been able to hold a knife since he was five. I just, I wanted him to learn mm-hmm. when he was really yeah. young. Um, and we started with soft things in terms of cutting. You know, we uh, he started, he literally right. did start with bananas and lettuce. Um, and then we gradually yeah. moved up. Um, we're still not at carrots. He's 10, but he's little for 10. So he doesn't have like the height. Uh-huh. Um, so carrot, yeah. carrots and onions are super tough to chop, right? Like, yeah, you so, need some leverage. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so give yourself, a, give yourself and your kid a break. Again, you're trying to yeah. make that a positive experience. Um, so, yeah. th- and that's honestly, that's really it. You can, you can get specific on what tasks kids can do at certain ages. I think so much mm-hmm. of it depends on the kid. I mean, we all know totally. seven-year-olds yep. who are basically driving and seven-year-olds who can, yes. can't even get their underpants on straight. So it Truly. really depends on the kid. I will say, because I see so many 11, 12, 13-year-olds and some 10-year-olds are allowed in, uh, if they write it to me, uh-huh. um, they are so much more capable than we think. They are yes. so much oh more my capable gosh. than we think. Um, and especially, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Just, I was going to say, and when their parents aren't like watching over and maybe uh-huh. nagging or, or, or saying, oh, don't, don't, don't do like that. Oh, no, no, no. Careful, careful. You know, if, yeah. If I, so I really encourage when I'm teaching these classes, I encourage the parents to not even be in the room. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I really love that. I think, I think I can definitely relate to that. My son, um, he's already kind of on the like, he's like a little more anxious, a little more cautious. He's like very, a lot of typical firstborn son that I've seen at least. Um, it seems like they're either like way rebels or way safety, like hall monitors and Mike's like a hall (laughs) monitor. So he's totally like that. And so, you know, there's part of me that I always want to protect him. Right. And like, Oh, I don't know. But then sometimes I'd come into daycare and pick him up or school or, um, church, you know, after church class or something. And he had done something that I would not have expected him in a million years to be able to do. And I'm like, Oh, it's me. I'm, I'm the (laughs) problem right and so you kind of have to get out of their way and now my daughter's like help help and I'm like you're fine you got it you're doing it you're you're doing great and she's three and doing stuff that he wasn't doing until he was like five right and so it's just like the nature of being a mom and learning each curve of the way um but I absolutely love that and you know something I will share that took me a long time as people know I think I hope on this podcast I'm not like a huge proponent of buy all the stuff get all the things you know use what you have kind of thing but I will say that once I started investing in tools that fit him and actually supported him in the kitchen, my stress level went down, his confidence mm-hmm. went up. So we got him like a stool, like a yep. toddler kitchen yep. helper stool that mm-hmm. was really safe, really secure, wasn't just like stepping on a chair or a step stool that wasn't meant to do that. Um, we got him like kids safe knives. We got him his own apron, like stuff like that. And it makes them feel special Made too, a right? huge yeah. difference, special, yeah. included, yeah. a part of it, uh-huh. fitting in, you know all of this sort of stuff. And I, I was really hesitant to Mm -hmm. do it. And now I'm realizing, oh, 
this makes it actually that much easier. It's not just a gimmick, right? Some of it is, but most of it really is about supporting them in that role. And so I was really resistant to it, but that has been a huge game changer for um, it actually making sense, right? Versus giving him uh, you know, a cucumber or something to cut up, but I don't have a kid's safe knife, right. so then I have to stand right there and then I'm losing time and then yeah. I'm stressed because dinner time. And the other thing too, like you had mentioned, um, we started with things like breakfast, snack, uh-huh. lunch, uh-huh. dinner stressful, uh-huh. right? So in general, it's a little more time sensitive. Uh-huh. There's bedtime and bath and all the things. Um, so we started there, but uh, that's so, so great. Well, I just appreciate so much of what you do. I know, too, you have a challenge in September. Mm-hmm. Can you touch on that quickly and then maybe let people know where they can find more mm-hmm. from you? So uh, twice a year, I do what's called a de-stress dinner challenge. So this is, it's free, completely Love free. It. Everybody can come. Um, and of course, it's online and it's 20 minutes a day for five days. And it's, I, I give you basically my five core hacks for making dinner easier. Mm. Um, so it's great. 20 minutes a day, you get great recipes, you get um, really transformational, um, just shifts in your, the way you think about dinner. Um, we talk mm-hmm. about eating on one day, we talk about those back pocket dinners, we talk about how to do favors to your future self, um, and all oh, of that yes. stuff. So uh, I would love to have, uh, we'd love to have you there. Uh, you can always come and find me at my website, which is clairetansy.com. Uh, T-A-N-S-E-Y, or on Instagram, it's my last name and my first name reversed, Tansy Claire. Uh, so clairetansy.com or Tansy Claire on Instagram, and you can find all my information there. And the challenge starts September 12th. Uh, so it's five days. And I got to tell you, thousands of people have done it and have transformed the way they make dinner. I, I love it. It's super fun. It's fast. It's efficient. And, uh, you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm silly and I like to have fun. So that's important, yeah. part, important part of it too. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. That's going to be perfect timing. You know, school had been started by then and we're going to get like a little bit more into our groove. I'm really excited. Uh, I'll definitely be joining. Awesome. I'm going to link up everything we talked about today, including the kids camp, which is coming up very mm-hmm. soon. The 15th, yeah, is that right? August 15th, uh, session two great. of our summer kids camp starts. So that's, yeah, 11 to 14 years old with no kitchen experience perfect. required. Or if you have a 10-year-old who's like, you know, maybe feeling comfortable and confident in the kitchen, then just drop me a note. You can find my address on my website. Um, And yeah, it's five days. And I got to tell you, I have kids, graduates from my March uh, March camp, my spring break camp, who are now cooking dinner for their families twice twice a week sign me I, that, I mean that is worth all the money right you're like wait. oh my gosh it's like having a private chef <laughs> in your house oh amazing yeah. oh these are part of your chores now okay <laughs> um well I will link all that down below Claire thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today and give us some um encouragement and tips and uh, some hope for the future and also maybe a little bit of um just motivation to teach our kids these skills and um, help bring the family a little closer together. So thank you so much. Oh, my great pleasure. So much fun to talk to you today. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in and I will catch you next week. See you later. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.